welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Right, okay, hello, welcome to episode 436 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing very well. Very well. And as just said, I've got a loaf proving in the kitchen as we speak. And it's it's kind of, it, sometimes the dough gets a bit excited uh, and it's trying to escape out of its its basket that I proved. <laughs> have you bashed it back in, have you? Well, it's going to have some, some big holes in it, so I don't want to bash it too much. So just, just like trying to contain it as much as possible. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just saying, I mean... Uh... Mm-hmm. Autumn is is kind of sort of sort of getting there, not not properly yet. The heating isn't on yet, which is usually a, a little sign for us when autumn really arrives. Yeah. Let alone yeah. leaves falling and all that stuff. But yeah, I want to, I want to get in the habit this this winter of uh, yeah doing a weekly a weekly bake at home, getting that fresh bread smell. Hey, yeah, I mean I, I love making <laughs> bread and doing all that that kind of stuff. I love cooking. Um, I, I've never really got into cake making. Uh, mm. Reese is good at making cake. She's she's clever with that. Um, but I I love making the bread, the doughs, the sourdoughs. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And we'll talk maybe a bit about that today. We're talking about midlife crises, but I guess is is bread making a masculine pursuit and cake making is more feminine? Maybe it is. I was thinking thing of that as I said it. I mean, Ree's mum is a really good cake maker, so that's gone down that line. Uh, I do know women who do, who do make bread. Yeah, uh, I mean, I suppose I suppose bread is is has more of a hunky kind of um, appearance than cake. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's a bit more physical in it in terms of the the kneading of it and uh, yeah and stuff. But yeah, interesting. We'll talk about that maybe today mm-hmm. when we uh, when we go to because we've been talking about midlife crises or uh, you know how it's kind of related to what's going on in the world at the moment. Um, before we get into that, liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links as ever. And previous episodes are all online. You can find us on YouTube now as well as uh, all the major podcast platforms that you can subscribe via. Um, so, yeah, let, let's dive in because I've got loads of notes for today, Sean. So what's what sparked this one for you? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's been Mental Health Day, um, which is uh, um, uh, always a, a trigger, isn't it? But it, it's like... We're looking at mental health in an unequal world, is, is the way it's been titled. And it's, it's interesting when you look at that inequality or the perceived inequality that we now experience. And, and I guess it depends where you are as to how you, you observe that inequality. Is it an inequality of, of wealth, class, status? Yeah. Is it orientation, gender? You know? I mean, yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, World Mental Health Day, October the 10th this year. Um, so it's worth having a look. Yeah, mental health in an unequal world. Um, I think you wrote equality comes when we all show each other the respect that we deserve, or as I like to say, uh, if we all look after each other, um, yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah, and and I'm going to have that tattooed on my forehead. Is it, it, it's so simple, and it's such a simple answer to the world's problems mm. if we just do it. I mean, yeah. it's worth saying as well that before we move on from this point that. Uh, just because you're less well off financially, or maybe you don't have access to, like I don't know, you don't you're not jetting off on holidays four, five, six times a year, uh, or you haven't got a big house, doesn't mean 
that you have worse mental health. I mean, there are plenty of places in the world where people have nothing compared to what we have. And, and yet seemingly we'll probably rank higher on some kind of chart of, of mental health. Uh, yeah. Kind of, so I, I have known so many miserable <laughs> rich people. Mm. And the, the amount of clients that I've had who have been, I mean, ridiculously rich, like telephone number lengths of money in the bank, you know, um, I'm just not happy at all. Yeah. I, I've yeah, got... it, it, you can go to places like Mumbai and, and <laughs> people have got, um, from a financial point of view and a, and a, a kind of material point of view, very little, but are amazingly happy. Yeah. You know, kids making cars out of plastic bottles and having real good games going along. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And playing in, uh, yeah, just playing with whatever they've got nearby or, you know, streets, for, streets filled with kids playing cricket or, you know, wheeling yeah. old car tires around, <laughs> having yeah, the time yeah. of their lives, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I, I, there's, there's a t there are times when I think, when I look at the way that toys are these days, where toys actually take the imagination out of the play because it's already been done for you. Whereas if you have to use your imagination to develop it, yeah, you know, it's exercising part of your system. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about that in the coming weeks because Christmas is coming in it, and so uh, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of birthdays in my family at this time of year. So it's it's kind of birthday present and Christmas present season. So, you know, I'm trying to keep a lid on kind of the environmental cost of all the, the stuff that we're going to be buying for people, which is, it's, it's harder than it sounds, not just from kind of uh, finding suitable things, but also from like a habitual like point of view, like it's so easy to just go to the local toy shop or wherever and down the retail park and just stuff a trolley full of plastic stuff, things and tick the box uh so i'm going to try and yeah. try and avoid that this year if, if it's all possible mm. um so yeah. are, you, are you doing that with a limit on on the the cost you're going to spend or is it a limit on the kinds of things you're going to buy yeah more the kinds of things yeah i guess so mm. just trying to buy things that are from sustainable sustainably you know materials and that kind of thing but you, again you're right and this this kind of leads into i guess to this whole midlife crisis thing, because midlife um, a midlife crisis we can define it shortly, but it we the only reason people have midlife crises is because they've come through a, a certain set of phases in their lives in their lives starting from the day that we're born, um, and yeah, I guess the kind of things that we've had and the, the experiences we have in our imagination or our ability to kind of have fun when there's nothing around to do and there's, there's nothing on telly, that kind of thing. Uh, it's shaped by what we do as children, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if we, and that's one of the things that I, does concern me about kids coming up in the moment, is that they're used to being sat down and being entertained. I press a button and it entertains me. Um, and what happens if we do get a power cut? I mean, oh my God, we've got to talk to each other. Um, you know, it's like, where does it go from there? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that, that that whole issue of how we are brought up does affect how we are later on in life. Yeah. Um, and we're shaping the future adults at the moment. We are. So what's your experience as a therapist then, Sean, in terms of um, is, is, a midlife, is, is the is midlife crisis season, is it kind of above and beyond what you're usually used to or how are people doing out there? Well, I, I'm I'm seeing, and I don't know whether it's COVID-related because it could quite easily be, but I'm seeing um, more um, 
people that are struggling in relationships and are actually um, getting out. You know, um, I had another one this week of someone in the, um, uh, past retirement who's now splitting. Yeah. And that kind of thing is seems to be more common. You know, the, and, and statistically, the biggest area is split-ups. And I'm not sure how COVID has affected this, but the, the mm-hmm. biggest area was in the over 60s. And it was people retiring and thinking, uh, I'm going to go and do something else. I don't want to stay with this person. You know, which is like quite quite a big move, quite a big shock. Yep. Um, but um, we, we see midlife crisis um, usually as, as people doing things that are kind of weird and different and not, kind of normal whatever that is mm-hmm. uh, but um i guess the midlife where's where's midlife if life expectancy is 60 then midlife is 30 you know, if life expectancy is going to be into the 90s and one in five of us on, in the uk will live to 100 now is all the prediction um yep. then that makes midlife kind of 50s you know well yeah I've got I've got my forties coming up later this year, um, so uh, and it's an interesting time. You know, I'm not too particularly bothered about it, but it's just an interesting time to take stock. But I, I don't feel like forty for me is kind of midlife. Not not just in a numerical point of view because you don't know how long yeah. you're going to live for, do you? But I mean, yeah. I still I still feel relatively like useful. <laughs> 50, yeah, yeah. Fifty might be a bit different, but then I've got a. Uh, my dad's just turned 70 re- fairly recently uh, and he's still out doing um, 60, 70 miles on his bike and kind of hanging out yeah. and getting, learning new things all the time. So uh, yeah. I, I have actually got a definition of midlife crisis for, from Wikipedia. Yeah. So, so yeah. midlife crisis is a transition of identity and self-confidence yeah. that can occur in middle-aged individuals, typically between you know, 45 to 65 years old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is it does everyone go through this transition this kind of mid uh, some kind of midlife crisis like no put, no. no the um <laughs> the way it appears to me is the people that are most susceptible to midlife crisis the people that didn't experiment in adolescence people in, in adolescence you know the, that whole thing about dyeing your hair green and hanging cutlery on your face and experimenting with different versions of yourself and all that kind of stuff Loads of research on that. People go through the frontal lobe disconnect. They go bonkers for a while. And then after adolescence, they come back and they kind of tend to re-establish what the previous generation were doing, but have moved it a bit. So you get a bit of an evolutionary move. Um, mm-hmm. But the people that weren't, that or didn't go through that experimental phase in adolescence, very often will revisit it later in life. So you'll see the classic of um of people um i've seen loads of guys do this they get to an age and then they buy a flip top car and maybe have a face job um or whatever and they go into the gym and they're driving around in this car looking like young studs um but it actually they're not young studs at all um and the people that should be driving around in those cars and showing off should be the young guys but they can't afford the cars <laughs> so, that kind of thing. I mean, that the the idea about kind of midlife crisis being being about a transition interests me because we're all in transition all the time, aren't we? I am right now, and so are you. And 
Um, but what is it about that kind of, yeah, that range of, of life that kind of can kick off a more, a more, uh, I don't know, extreme form of... I, I, I think it's when something happens that make people review and do an audit of what they've been doing. And yeah. And then it's like, you know, why didn't I, why haven't I, all that kind of stuff. Missed opportunity. Yeah, at that, at that stage of life, yeah, you've got potential kind of retirement looming. I guess maybe your kids, if you've had kids, are kind of grown up and starting to fly the, fly the nest and all that. And possibly as well, well you're more likely to experience some kind of serious health in, um, situation, aren't you? Whether, yeah, who knows what. So I guess when you combine those three things together, plus a few more bits and bobs as well, I'm sure, it's maybe just a changing world that you just can't keep up with anymore. Um, you get you get I, a recipe. I, I, for... you, you, you can get sometimes the fellas who <clears> are <throat> fed up. They're fed up with working. They're fed, they've got kids at university, whatever. Um, and they uh, they feel like they're on a treadmill. They just got to keep going. They got to pay the mortgage off, and you know, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I've seen guys in that position that sometimes they get depressed. But I've also seen guys go through a midlife crisis and do kind of weird, crazy things because they just needed to do something to stimulate the system. Yeah. Is it, so I mean, male, female wise, is it? Is it does this kind of thing impact? men more than women or um, women have kind of menopausal things going on as well at that kind of time so or is it yeah how does yeah. it affect what in terms of the work you do what what do you see i think it affects both <laughs> uh, i see it in both the um uh if you look at the amount of split ups in the over 60s it's usually the woman in my experience who makes that decision you know it's like i am going i've had enough yeah mm-hmm so, and I, I think that that is uh, is a powerful. You know, the the guy is is just retired and is quite happy to kind of settle into being a retirement at home, and yep. the wife going mm, don't want this. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we kind of look at the, the midlife crisis as something in a kind of negative way, but I guess in some ways it can be quite positive if you think about it in the sense that if you have you know if you do feel like maybe you've wasted 30 years of your life or that you you know you've got a low mood or there's you've got issues going on in terms of your mental health then maybe a midlife crisis should be seen as quite a positive thing yeah but in eastern philosophies things like depression were never seen as as uh, something that was bad it was your system telling you that something wasn't working right so now you have the opportunity to get it right and I think from that point of view, on the idea that we don't have problems, we have the learning opportunities. Okay, so what's it about? Mm. And if we are looking at our lives and thinking, you know, I really wanted to be doing this by now, or I really wanted to do that when I was younger, and there's nothing wrong with being able to review that. I guess it's nice if couples can um, get to a point where they decide to do these things together, so it becomes a collective adventure. Um, yeah. Yeah, indeed. So there's, there's, you, I think your resource is going to be a link to a Telegraph article. Is that right, or is yeah. that just in the blog post that you've you've linked you've uh, written about? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm linking to the to the Telegraph. Yeah, because within that, I think there are six signs that you're uh, you you might need to have a think about what's going on, and I'll go through them quickly. So there's um, two or if you've had two or more weeks of low mood tearfulness uh, irritability a sense of hopelessness memory loss and problems sleeping so those six things can be a good sign that all is not well 
Um, um, but a lot of those things, and this is the thing that's interesting about this, is it a midlife crisis or have you got COVID or have you got long COVID? Because a lot of those things are what people are reporting in COVID, the kind of, the, you know, the hopelessness, the loss of, of motivation, you know, can't sleep and then getting depressed because they can't sleep and, you know, all that kind of stuff. A lot of these things that are listed there could be COVID. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Not just COVID if you've had COVID, but if you've been through lockdown and everything else. So, um, which is one of the reasons why I believe that COVID is going to have a lasting effect on us as a society um, for many years to come and, and probably for a generation, really. Um, so it's going to be the COVID generation coming up now. Yep. But I think generally people are less prepared to put up with what they put up with in the past. And people are now reactively going, no, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to change this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, my kids have just had um, Mental Health Awareness Day a couple like last week in school. So they had to wear yellow or they could wear yellow if they wanted to, to kind of show their solidarity and kind of, I guess it's building in that early stage awareness that you don't have to just take stuff on the chin all the time and, and you know, grit, grit your teeth. You can, uh, you can speak to people, you can seek, seek help, which hope, well, we'll find out in 30, 40 years, I guess what this, what the experiment and how, how we're doing. Uh, yeah. uh, it's long-term, it's long-term stuff, isn't it? But we, we seem to be more able to accept the fact that we're all bonkers now. And, and it's like it, it, more and more people are able to admit they're bonkers and they've gone through a bonkers phase and, and not to be humiliated by that. And yeah. other people can accept that, that you know, oh, so-and-so's gone through a bonkers phase without kind of putting them down or being rude or abusive about it. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe we can see kind of humanity is, is going through a bit of a midlife crisis at the moment in the wider scale because mm. there is a bit of a general kind of awakening, isn't there, with all sorts of different groups of people. Um, I guess you could call it wokeism. There's a kind of a sense of woke yeah. wokeness, which obviously yeah. it's quite uh, in terms of like the, the media loves to portray it as that. And But there is, a, there is an awakening from so many different groups of people that have maybe been pushed to the margins for years mm. and now they sense that now is now is the time for us to all kind of you know get together and sort this sort this stuff out and then you and then if you put on top of that environmental stuff that i'm obviously obsessed with mm. you know we are like it or not we are going through a massive shift in kind of consciousness and how we how we kind of inhabit planet earth so some people are going to find that liberating mm. i'm quite excited about it in terms of the future that, that lies ahead but there's a massive chunk of people that you've lived life for a certain you know a certain way for their whole lives and aren't, aren't ready for change are they so no. um it's going to be fun right <laughs> to me um i i see myself i am a participant in life but i spend a lot of my life observing behaviors and people and 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 when i read the news i'm not reading the news from a oh my god point of view but i'm reading that's interesting i wonder how that happened and you know that kind of stuff and so my thing is i'm fascinated to see how this comes out how it works out how we cope with it you know um yeah. and what would happen if if there was no fuel if we did get to, i mean we went through that oh my god there's not going to be any fuel and everyone panicked but if there actually was no fuel what would people do um which would, I'm sure, would intrigue you a lot. Um, but it's yeah. like people would have to be different. And I 
that, that I guess that's the point in a lot of this stuff is that we're being pushed to a point where we've got to be different. Um, and in, in that psychological sense of you either grow through pain or awareness, either we have the awareness to make it different or it has to hurt us enough for us to make it different. <clears throat> we seem to be opting certainly at a global scale on the pain principle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, you know, I've met a lot of people in my environmental circles and, you know, there's a lot of despair mingled in there amongst the hope. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I try and stick to that hopeful side, but I also kind of, I think uh, I'm not despairing. I think I'm just kind of, I've recognized that like the way that the collective humanity, our minds work, it, we do need a lot of pain <laughs> to kind of, to wake us up, uh, which, which is a hard thing to say. And, you know, I don't, I don't wish I don't want anyone to suffer in the next, you know, 10, 15 years as a result. But I think we're just going to have to take a lot of stuff on the chin and be ready for, be ready for that change. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I, I think that, that it, it doesn't matter in a sense, whether you believe it, don't believe it, support it, don't support it. It's like those processes are going on around us. Mm. I mean, one of the scary things that came out um, this week was the loss of biodiversity in the UK. Did you catch that? Uh, not that one specifically, no, but I've heard a little bit about it. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there's well, they're looking at the relative number of species year on year, and the decline in the UK is, is quite extraordinary. You know, you're, mm. you're up to, like, in some areas, 50% of what was there um, a generation ago kind of thing. You know? Yeah, it's mad. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, just coming back to the midlife crisis stuff then. So, I mean, I did have a question about how can we avoid a midlife crisis, but maybe as I think on about it, it's not something that we need to avoid as such because, you know, it might, you know, you're, if, you, if you're experiencing some of those six signs, then you don't need to just bury your head in the sand. You need to kind of confront it and yeah. change your life, you know, for the better. And part of that yeah. might be might be buying a sports car or going to the gym or, you know, possibly the right thing to do might even be to to find or to kind of end the relationship you're in. You know, this is quite heavy stuff. Um, that you need to think yeah. about seriously. But, yeah, we can change our lives at any moment, can't we? <clears throat> and, and I guess that that idea that we have personal power is is a really important thing because we, have, we do have personal power to affect ourselves and other people around us, but also the environment, mm -hmm. you know. And if we are all being called to account at the moment because of the way we've treated the planet, whether it's plastics or, or whatever... Um, you know, we do have a choice. We each individually have a choice. But very often people will say to me, yeah, but I'm only one person. I can't do much. But if a lot of one persons do something, then a lot of change happens. Yeah. You know, exactly. we have power. We do have power. Yeah. And yeah, it's all about, I guess, finding, wait, we don't all need to be Elon Musk's or Jeff Bezos's and yeah. um, famous, rich, famous, all that kind of stuff. But you know, you can find enjoyment and purpose in all sorts of different little ways, can't you? Yeah, yeah, and and that is so important. You know? mm. um, and and one of the things that's really weird is you you and I are sat here having this conversation, having a cup of coffee or whatever, and it's like, it, does it matter whether you've got ten million pounds in the bank and I've got seven million pounds in the bank or whatever? You know, does it actually make any difference to the moment that we're in? Mm. And yet people get so upset with, what have I got? What have I got? 
I need more, I need more. Yep. You know, do you need more? Maybe you need another cup of coffee, but do you need another million in the bank? Mm. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's fascinating. That I guess that leads us back to maybe my resource will be for the Live in the Present course that we've done through the podcast. Mm. A couple of points just to kind of get people started on that. Yeah journey of finding out what it is you want you might think you need a million quid but if you actually plot it out what it is that you really want in life you might find that you actually don't need any any kind of financial help you just might need to rejig a few relationships and downscale your life a little bit in terms of your your house and your outgoings that kind of thing and take it a bit more easy one of the things i've been fascinated about because i've got the camper van uh, and reading about people's stories online and the amount of people that have decided to go for what they call in real estate rather than real estate uh, and actually selling their houses and getting fairly big vans and, and going out with the kids and saying, okay, let's go and experience the world. Cool. Yeah. 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 Mm. Love it. I mean, yeah, I see quite a lot of that stuff in my uh, cycling circles as well. People just getting on, getting on a bike and packing a few bags on the, on the back and on the front and just... Yeah. it's been a bit tricky obviously with the uh pandemic but yeah you know you can travel the world on a bike quite yeah. easily yeah. <laughs> so how many tires would it take you to cycle around the world I oh good question i don't know yeah it depends a lot in fact i'll put in my resources as well there's a youtube channel that i follow and it's a couple um that that have been traveling the world in the last couple of years and they've done a lot in terms of documenting the journey but also saying what how they built the bikes and what what kind of bikes they used so that they would be sturdy enough to do yeah right twenty thousand miles you know so, yeah. yeah interesting and are they literally going to go around the world come back again well they were yeah i think they, they started in finland and they were down through africa when the pandemic hit um yeah. and they kind of had to loiter around there so uh mm. but they're fine you know they're not they don't feel frustrated they're kind of quite Carefree, mm. carefree guys, really, really cool channel, actually. So, yeah, I'll put that in my uh, yeah. resource of the week. And uh, yeah, yours is the Telegraph article, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think that the, the issue is if anybody that is listening to this either now or at some point in the future feels that they, they're going through that midlife crisis, you know, the key is do something about it. Don't just sit there and, and sit on it. Actually try and um, understand what's going on for yourself. Maybe you need to sit down with someone else and talk about it. Yes. But uh, whatever you do, do it positively. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't scare the horses. Don't damage anybody. Just try and you know, do what you need to do to get your life right. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Yeah. All right, Sean, that was a good one, that. Enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy everyone. Of course you do. <laughs> Of course, me too. Um, all right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links and drop us a line if you want to. Is anything you'd like us to discuss yep. in a forthcoming episode? But yeah, you sure you take care till next week. And you, you take care now. Bye. Zero. Bye. Bye. Bye.